to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, your real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining us this week is Glenn Fitzgerald. I didn't just accidentally not have a microphone near me. Also with us, Jed Brewer. I have a microphone near me, but it's purposeful, probably. Jed, just we have to sneak microphones into his office before every show. It's kind of like getting your dog to take a pill. If he sees it, he's not going to use it. But if we can ease it into his environment, can we get a recorded setup? You just hide the microphone in a piece of cheese. That's right. We go through more microphones that way, but Jed really enjoys it. What is this enormous lump of peanut butter on a stand in front of me? I'll investigate. <laughs> also with us, all the Americans should have seen Lee Younger. I mean, I have a microphone, to be, but to be fair... Uh, Jed told me exactly which one to get and exactly how to set it up. I don't know how any of this stuff works. I'm just trusting the process, people. He also told you exactly how many scoops of peanut butter to put on it. <laughs> the key is to get a good windscreen that's removable, because then you only get peanut butter on the windscreen, and you know, just smear it right on your mic. That gets that gets confusing. Matt, I have I have a Beastie Boys line in my head right now from the seventh or ninth grade. I can't remember which. That I could, I, I could go. I think I could go a solid ninety seconds without breaking a sweat. Do but it, do it. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to stop you. Strictly handheld is the style it goes. Never rock the mic with the pantyhose. I strap on the ear goggles and I'm ready, good, ready to go. Because at the boards is a man they call him Mario. Yo, yeah. <laughs> you know, Lee, I would say you have more hits than Sadaharo O. Oh. Thank oh you, yeah! Sir. A trip yes. into the elder millennial Gen X mind. <laughs> this is a forty-two-year-old man. If you ever look at a man going back the to ages his middle school years of thirty-eight and forty-five, maybe he's maybe you know him at work. Maybe it's just someone standing on a corner waiting for a bus. You wonder. I wonder what that guy's thinking about. There's a forty percent chance the answer is Beastie Boys lyrics. <laughs> listen, listen, Adam York needs more airtime on this podcast, and I will not back down from that from that thought. I support that. I support that. You know, that's uh, that is a way we can differentiate ourselves in the podcast marketplace. Another way we can do that is by uh, making Lee record a Beastie Boys inspired worship album. <laughs> You've got to fight for your right to praise. Something oh, like yeah. That. Wow. Paul's Chapel. Uh, yeah, I, I just want more talk about Sadaharu Oh, uh, the famous uh, Japanese baseball player, home run hitter. Uh, you know, is actually Chinese and and batted on one foot. I think that's we need to cover these things. Is that who that's a reference to? Yeah. Okay, Glenn, yeah. go ahead, cover it. Unless those are yeah. all the facts you know, but I'm going to call your bluff on that. He studied with like this this uh, samurai guy where it's like a stance where you point the bat back towards the pitcher like a a sword, and you stand on one leg and then you just you heave yourself into it. And he's like wow. all all time home That's run amazing. hitter in Japanese baseball. Is the That's official cool. title samurai guy? Because I like that. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know. That's that's the hashtag. I think if you like watch a Kurosawa film with the subtitles on, it'll be like they refer to each other as "Hey Samurai Guy, <laughs> what are you doing in yeah. my village? What's going on over here?" <laughs> well, as you can tell by the maybe uh, extra rambling intro, uh, we're going to keep it a little loose today. We're going to experiment with a format that we have dubbed "Oops All Emergencies." Oh, oh my goodness! Because. Emergency. Um, we've got a backlog of insane things that Christians <laughs> keep doing. And meeting the Christians them out, are losing it. Yeah. Meeting them out at a rate of one per episode has um has not given us enough time to explore these things. So uh yeah, let us know what you think about it. We we're we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna keep it a little looser. We'll be back with the normal setup with questions next week, and we will still give you your ways to write in your own questions as we go along here. But let's start in a way. Did you declare emergency? Oh. I think we have to declare our longest ever emergency, which in and of itself might be an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> meta emergency. Meta emergency. 
That's right. And not the one that Mark Zuckerberg owns. So that's an entirely different emergency, but not one that we are qualified to talk about. And also somehow an emergency that's worth like $25 billion less than it was a week ago. Yeah. Because that's what happens when your Super Bowl ad is, what if you went to meetings, but it was badly animated? (laughs) And that is the basis of the United States economy, which again, an emergency of its own but not necessarily one we can cover. I'm I'm ready, man. Yeah. One badly animated commercial wiped out like 5% of the GDP of this nation, but it's probably fine. Just get yourself one of them drawings (laughs) of an ape and it'll be, it'll be cool. My ape joined a yacht club. (laughs) That's right. I bought a picture of, I invested in a picture of an ape because Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton talked about it. A real sentence that, you could say in 2022, and not as dumb as any of the stuff we're going to cover on this show, which again, nope, we're really going there. Buckle up. Speaking of insane, <laughs> we turn, we start off with an article from Relevant Magazine, which I got to say, we, we have some sources on this show, you know, the Desiring God, the Gospel Coalition. Relevant Magazine is normally one of the, the lesser insane ones. Like I'm looking at their trending ones. Max Licato on rediscovering the power of John 316. The trailer for Baz Luhrmann's Elvis has entered the building. For some reason, how, Ta- how Channing Tatum balances humor and grief in his directorial debut, Dog. I do like the idea that Channing Tatum made a movie about a dog. They're like, what do you want to call it? He was like, eh, dog. <laughs> it's not ever complicated. So, normal, fairly normal, you know, pop culture and whatnot from a Christian lens at Relevant Magazine. But then that brings us to the title of this article. Skillet's John Cooper, quote, it's time to declare war against this deconstruction Christian movement. Mm. Okay. So the guy from Skillet, uh, the Skillet frontman John Cooper, uh, here's here's just a sentence that is, man, this is good. Skillet frontman John Cooper took a break from the Christian rock brand's winter jam set this week to give his audience some thoughts on deconstruction. Mm. (laughs) It's not like when you tear a building down, like uh, like you're 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 like putting up a, a new highway or something. You got to tear the old one up. Is it's that very much like that? I mean, that would be better if he was like a pro, like a historic building registry. That's something I can get <laughs> yeah. on board with. Yeah, that'd my, be nice. My thing is, if you're going to see a rock band, um, I don't want thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if you're going to see a band, I don't Thank want you. thoughts. I want guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're one of like three artists, this parts between the songs are not what any of us are here for. So maybe snap it along. Play the hits. Play the hits. Song from the soundtrack. A couple surprises. Let's get this thing moving. There's no needs to be here for three hours. <laughs> this is a true story. Uh, Jed and I and our, our lovely wives were gifted a, some tickets to a, a show here in Chicago. By a friend of the show, Sarah, who did not could not use them, and uh, we had a very adult concert experience, which is Jed with his kind of knowledge of live shows and music was able to look at the rest of us and be like, "Okay, they've run out of songs, but they have to pad <laughs> this set out, so we can probably just go." <laughs> and so we did, and went to a bakery, and an ube a cupcake is a much better way to spend an evening than listening to two 23-year-olds try to make a cover last for seven minutes because they're contractually (laughs) obligated to play for two hours. Well said. Yes, but a much, much, much worse way to fill that stage time is the front man from Skillet with his thoughts Thoughts. on the deconstruction movements. Thoughts. Yes, and uh, given while wearing a leather vest. Yeah. Yeah. I looked this up. Skillet's John Cooper. Let's just say he's of an age where he's probably thinking about Beastie Boys lyrics a lot. (laughs) Uh, He's 46 years old and he's in good shape. I'm not knocking that. The guns are out there, but he is, uh, he is red, sweaty and wearing a leather vest as a top. So that's what we, what we got there. (laughs) Well, yeah, but what are his thoughts on the, the progress of, uh, you know, social trends and the church. That's what I really want to know. It's a thought solo. <laughs> yeah, thought solo. 
What if he made the guitar face while he was giving this stupid rant? Like gave it oh, the full yes! like John Mayer <laughs> leaning and contorting his face while just saying nonsense. Like, are are your thoughts in the pentatonic scale? Sorry. Uh, here here's what I want now. The thing that I'm envisioning, which would make me really happy if someone made this. If someone could take like a Zeppelin recording, you know, some, one where, where Paige really gets down, remove Paige's parts, and then uh, pitchify John Cooper's rant to replace Jimmy Page's guitar wow. work on the entire song. <laughs> it's a literal thought solo. Please, oh, please make this happen. He's deconstructing a stairway to heaven. Yes! <laughs> it, you're, you're talking about a solo in the key of legalism. Oh, you've got it. You know what I'm talking about. That's right. And the opening, uh, the opening stanza to that solo was, and I quote, It's time that we declare war against this deconstruction Christian movement. He said, I don't even like calling it deconstruction Christian. You shouldn't like calling that because that's not actually two words anybody's ever put together in that way. A deconstructionist, deconstructionism, deconstruction. Again, deconstruction Christian, to Glenn's point, makes it sound like you're against a uh, new construction in your neighborhood based on some obscure Bible verse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a NIMBY for Jesus. <laughs> There's nothing Christian about it. It is a false religion. Keep that in mind as we go through the rest of these stories, by the way. Store that away in your mind. I should keep that in my mind as we wind on down the road? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Nice, nice. Keep that as a bustle in your mental hedgerow. <laughs> Oh, well done, mm, nicely sir. Nicely done. For someone, and this guy, you won't be shocked to know, went on uh, Fox News to talk about these thoughts, saying, oh, oh, these people are doing a thing that's not even Christianity. It's just a false religion they created. Oh. Just tuck that away. Um, <laughs> here's a sad sentence. The crowd cheered Cooper's words. Because uh, we, I can say a lot of things about Matt, uh, John Cooper not being a very uh, smart person. But man knows his audience, mm. and there's a thing to be scared of, and oh boy, are they scared of it. Uh, the okay. crowd shared Cooper's words, which echoes sentiments from Christian leaders like Matt Chandler, who recently said that you and I are in an age where deconstruction and the turning away from and leaving the faith has become some sort of sexy thing to do. I contend that if you ever experience the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, actually, that's really impossible to deconstruct from. Right, but so when he says... We should declare war on this deconstruction trend that he is seeing. He means that we should love those people and engage with them in a supportive and encouraging sort of way and, you know, uh, contend for the faith through love and, and grace and patience. Yep, is, go to war. Is, is, that, is, that, is that what he means by war or... Is it just uh, telling people they suck? Oh, I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> Why do you think that Jesus would side with the fundamentalists? Because, and like the legalistic people, because he never did. <laughs> he, he, that never happened. So, like, wouldn't you just assume the less legalistic person would have more support from Jesus? Because that's actually how it went in the Bible every time. So, you know, it's, it seems like you have to get over a high hurdle just to get to the legalism to declare war on the other side and imagine Jesus is with you. That That's, uh, you, you got to go a long ways to to convince me of that. Well, Glenn, there, it's it's a very good point, and, and certainly, but just, it is worth bearing in mind in, in you know, the spirit of and maintaining the whole Bible, there is that story where Jesus was there, they're about to throw rocks, and Jesus was like, hey, I'm sorry, but these guys make some pretty good points. So, you know, well, yeah. maybe, maybe something to think about. You you really have to respect the religious hierarchy. That's important. Yeah, they, they were saying to Jesus, it's in the Bible, so you have to throw rocks at her. So, you know, Bible uh, trumps all other considerations, and you're you're, you know, making some sort of weird new covenant, and we don't like it. That's that's actually, um, yeah, that's pretty fundamental to my understanding of Christianity right there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And speaking of people who have a great uh, understanding of Christianity, I'd like to go back to Matt Chandler for a second. 
um, with the whole thing of, because there's a couple of insane things in there. One, these people are just leaving the church because they think it's sexy. Really? You can't think of, oh, I don't know, any other thousand things that have happened in the last 40, <laughs> 10, 7 years that might lead to people looking around your church and going like, ah, uh, maybe not. No, just the sexiness. <laughs> yeah. They're just seduced by the sexiness of thinking about their faith, which again, when, uh, and what makes a very good point, when we talk about deconstruction, uh, you know, it's got a lot of terms, a lot of meanings, a lot of different people, but if I could sum it up, it might be, uh, thinking critically about things you were taught as a child about your faith. Hey, and uh, a significant number of people would like to declare war on that. So that's <laughs> yeah. fascinating. Um, but Matt Chandler, you may be aware, you know, is a megachurch pastor, the Village Church, um, which is a Southern Baptist church. Which, if Matt Chandler really believed that deconstruction was bad, wouldn't he be Catholic? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, sure. he would. Hey. Isn't Protestantism, by its very nature, a deconstructionist movement? Yes. Quite. So that's interesting. And also there's the part where Matt Chandler's church threatened to uh, pull support from an entire missionary network because a woman wanted to divorce her husband who turned out to be a pedophile. And uh, they were fine with him because he like submitted to church uh, discipline. But when wow. this missionary organization was going to hire her back, Someone from the village church contacted them and said, oh, if you do that, we'll pull all your funding from all your missionaries. So Matt Chandler has a lot of opinions about a lot of things, which is clearly super interesting. So that's that's cool. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, don't think too hard about that. Don't think too hard about anything. That's really the message these guys want to give. Right. That's right. Right. Uh, God is good. And uh, Jesus wants to be a part of your life and uh, infinite wisdom, you know, mighty counselor, all that stuff. But he didn't want you like thinking about stuff too much. That really, that really makes him sad. <laughs> Put on your other vest. Sad. Go to your skillet show. Read one of the three books that these one of these jackals wrote, and uh, then just kind of you know just kind of relax. Nothing much going on. Yeah, that I think that ship has kind of sailed. You know, you you, you can you can uh, talk about it being sexy to be deconstructionist, but. You gotta kind of own how it came to be that way. No, nope. there, there was a there was a process that led to that, and you are currently doing it, Glenn. <laughs> you seem to describe me taking responsibility for my actions, which is in the vague vicinity of believing that I will reap what I have sown, and right. I don't much care for that kind of salty talk, sir. Yeah, yeah. I was listening recently to a guy who's the. He's actually the provost of, like, RTS, Reformed Theological Seminary. This is an African-American dude named Carl Ellis. And what he said was, he said, a lot of my colleagues will not be comfortable with this, but every three years or so, I trash my entire theological system. I start over with the Bible, and I just let it tell me what's up. Right. And, um, and... It was one of these deals where, like, you could feel the people in the room squirming and itching and scratching and just, like, (laughs) just people squirming in their chair. But he said, look, I know y'all don't like it, but every three years or so, I trash the whole thing. I start over with the Bible. I trash everything I've ever heard, and I just let the book talk. And and he said, I got to... I got a huge suspicion that a lot of people haven't done that in a long, long time. That's definitely true. The thing when you're actually doing outreach, and I know this is a, uh, this episode is a super emergency episode, but when you're actually doing outreach, you actually have to figure out how to simplify everything back down to zero. Yeah. Back down to nuts and bolts yeah. in, in actual human language. Absolutely. Right. Well, uh, so they don't like thinking about it too much. They don't like, uh, you know, examining your beliefs, maybe thinking about what's actually important and what's, what's not. So let's go on to something that maybe our, our friends in this wacky evangelical world do like, and that's literal witch hunts. Oh! Oh, wow. Our next story comes to us uh, courtesy of Pastor Greg Locke. Uh, previously mentioned on an emergency about uh, book banning, where he was doing some literal book burning, I believe, of your, your Harry Potters, your Twilights, 
And uh, I have a feeling that next on his list might be The Crucible because he may not like how it was criticizing uh, some folks who were just trying to do their best to run a church. Sure. And I'll drop the audio in here, some of it, but uh, this dude who is a pastor in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, which is a very nice suburb of Nashville, average income, about $80,000. You get right on uh, the highway there from the heart of Nashville. So we're not talking about snake handling uh, situation. In the video, as the guy's walking back and forth on the stage, and Jed and Glenn will very much know what this means, I see an Ernie Ball Stingray bass on the stage. They're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a heap of money right there. Yeah. And what he's doing on that stage is, and I'll just read the tweet from uh, Hemant Mehta, a writer who, uh, who captured this video. Um, Earlier today... Pastor Greg Locke threatened to expose the six witches who are members of his church. Okay. (laughs) We got first and last names of six witches that are in our church. And you know what's strange? Three of you are in this room right now. Three of you in the room right now. You better look in my eyeballs. We ain't afraid of you, you stinking witch. You devil-worshiping Satanist witch. We cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. We break your spells. We break your curse. We got your first name. We got your last name. We even got an address for one of you. You didn't mishear that, friends. Yeah, no, and that's not like just just him being sexist. That's certainly in there. But he's not like referring to an unpleasant woman as a witch. He means people with cauldrons and stuff. <laughs> Matt, yeah. did he only threaten to expose the Slytherins, or is he also exposing like the Hufflepuffs? Which is just the mean, really. They didn't hurt anybody. So <laughs> he goes on this rant about how there are witches in this church, and he knows that there's six of them in the room, and he's going to expose them if they don't, I don't know, do something. And there's a lot going on there, but gentlemen, my fundamental question is, if you're an insane uh, right-wing patriot pastor, <laughs> is, it, is it good news? It, are you wanting to advertise the fact that witches come to your church? Wouldn't you want to be like, we're the witch-free church? <laughs> witch-free since 2017. That's right. Days without witchcraft. Also, he, he claims that he's got the six witches. And then he knows who they are, but rather than discuss that with them, he's just telling the whole room full of people he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna deal with it. But he's not gonna talk to them, but he's gonna deal with it. He's gonna just, you know deal with it. Yeah, this is a, a guy you may have previously known from. Uh, he made a big thing about. I think there was like four days where. Uh, before Tennessee's governor got uh, cold feet from doing something actually helpful, there was like a mask mandate in Tennessee and the Nashville area. And they made a big thing about like, they're not going to allow masks in their church and the whole deal. And uh, maybe that's it. Maybe he assumes that if maybe these are the only six people in this church who haven't caught COVID. And he assumes (laughs) that witchcraft is the only possible explanation for that. They literally wore a mask and he is accusing them of being witches. I guarantee you that's the thing. This is. I mean, it's it's one of these deals where it's like, dude, I don't know how much of the audio you put in here, Matt, but there is a moment where he threatens to cover the stage in brooms so that they will be, I guess, tempted to grab one and flee by flying on said broom. And then there's a moment where he he takes a beat because he so wanted to use a curse word and he Almost did to the point of like, oh, it's going to happen right there in his sermon. And he doesn't do it. And it's in the midst of threatening to cover the stage in brooms so that they tried to use them as a getaway car. You can leave with your spells all by yourself. Or I'll show up next Sunday with a stage full of brooms. And I'll give you one and I'll fly your tail up out of this place in the name of Jesus, but we ain't playing your spell casting witchcraft nonsense, sage burning games. 
Yeah, I will say, and this makes me uncomfortable, the, oh, I was a hair's breadth from uh, cursing in the sermon, but I caught it, is, is the one way in which I identify and sympathize with Pastor Greg Locke, because <laughs> been there. <laughs> but yeah, one of the things, and, and Lee makes a very good point, that comes out in this is that this dude has got all of his understanding of witches from, like, reruns of Bewitched. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's not... It's he doesn't paint a very threatening picture. Uh, this yes. is from the religious news service. The, the, those demons, he said, reveal the name of a group of full-blown spell-casting witches who'd been sent to infiltrate <laughs> Global Vision, a non-natural church in eastern Nashville, Tennessee, where Locke is pastor. Yes, you heard that right, friends. This dude, no mass and patriot and whatever, and he's a stop the steal guy. Um, he went up there and said. The demons told me there are witches in this church. Yeah. Yeah, like, why does he have a hotline to demons? Also, I wish that I knew the Sunday that this was happening so that I could drive the three hours from my house to Worth this it. guy's church and say the, and just in a moment of pause, say the words, it's not my nose, it's a false one. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We don't obviously don't put any money in the plate, but if you're in the greater Nashville area, can you resist <laughs> going to this guy's church and just like with kind of <gasps> magic tricks you buy at the store and whatnot, like the flowers that appears if from nowhere, maybe like a smoke bomb situation. Just pull out a big like kind of a tabletop sized cauldron and just start mixing stuff during the sermon. Just right. she turned me into a newt. I think I think you get the actual pointy, you know, witch's hat and just go in there, you know, you got your Bible, <laughs> you're dressed up, and just try and sell it as this is just That's my amazing. hat, you know, I mean, you know. Uh, I, I saw the hat, it looked nice, you know, what's the big deal here? That's amazing. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on there. Um I got the quote here of this religious news services article. Um, you so much as cough wrong, and I'll expose. I I think this is what he sounds like. You so much as cough wrong, and I'll expose in front of everyone under this tent. You stinking spell casting pharmacaea, he said, using a Greek word that sometimes described those who practice witchcraft or sorcery, devil worshiping and mongrel. You were sent to destroy this church. I like that right. he remembered he's like a white Protestant weirdo because he was like. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna fancy up this witch accusal with a little Greek. Yeah, that's how you do it. Good. <laughs> That'll really well, pack them in. Well, gentlemen, obviously there's a lot of questions here and it's a lot of ground to cover. I actually reached out to Pastor Locke earlier this weekend to ask some clarifying questions. Via Raven? Uh of course. <laughs> there's no other way to contact the man. But um we do have audio of him clarifying the issue further. So we'll we'll go live to that now. Dead I am the rat, feast upon the cat. Tender is the fur, dying as you purr. Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches. I slam in the back of my Dragula. I say dig through the ditches and burn through the witches as I slam in the back of my Dracula. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just say this right now. The fact that we got to the Rob Zombie lyrics... On this show, finally, just it brings it full circle for me <laughs> all, all the way around. The fact that we got to a Rob Zombie song, which is, and here's a sense you don't hear very often, I don't think one of the more well lyrically put together Rob Zombie songs, and it's Definitely. still more coherent than the things this dude said. Yeah, because Rob well, Zombie looked at that said, I don't need to slide Greek in there, we're fine. <laughs> also, the fact that we got to Rob Zombie lyrics on this episode before Matt got to quoting Macbeth and the Weird Sisters is really impressive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's true. I mean, we all know Matt can throw down on some freaking Shakespeare. That is true. Throwing down on freaking Shakespeare is my other podcast. <laughs> it's all improvised hip hop based around Shakespeare. It is deeply unpopular. <laughs> I have had multiple people ask me to stop, but I refuse to. Much like Pastor Greg Locke, uh, here's a fun detail. Um, he wanted to describe exorcism in detail, quoting a demon with a scruffy voice who accused worshipers in the church of being witches. Two of the witches were in his wife's Bible study, said Locke, who warned the alleged witches not to make a move during his sermon. 
Uh, mm. Okay. Okay. Well, and and they didn't. So there's your proof. <laughs> this is a weird, weird like role playing game at this point. There are witches in my wife's Bible study. What did yeah. they say about his wife's banana pudding? <laughs> right. That yeah. led to because again we're getting full on crucible here. Yeah. Like we're gonna get to the point where. You accidentally park in the parking spot that's always pastor's wife's parking spot, and now you're going to be Goody Proctor's going to say she saw you consorting with the devil himself. <laughs> We're going to have a whole thing. Well, can, can I just put this out there that you know the, the weird thing for me is that he gets a pass somehow because he's a church pastor, which in a funny way it ought to be the other way around. In other words. You ought to set an example for being the the most stable person in the room, as far as that goes. But somehow he gets a pass in this environment, which, like, what if he were, like, saying the exact same thing as the CEO of a small company about oh, the accounting snap. division? I'm going right? to pull that up right now. I'm pulling up the quote so we can do that. That needs to happen. Also, uh, I think we have an answer, unfortunately, in the My Pillow guy. <laughs> Which is, if he said these kind of things as CEO of a company, he would be the only sponsor on Tucker Carlson's show. <laughs> oh, I'm sad now. That is what that is. Never mind. Wow. Yeah. But the fun thing is, whereas this guy does it in weird preacher voice accent, the My Pillow guy does it in a weird, overly aggressive, but still friendly Jesse Ventura, Minnesota accent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it. That's it. And that's a very, very odd thing. I know of six witches in the accounting department. <laughs> six. <laughs> and I bind them and I cast them out of the accounting department in the name of Jesus. Like, would you, like, you would literally, by the end of the sentence, someone would be calling somebody, like, let's get this guy some help. Well, you'd well hope that's so. the weird thing about this. If you're making up uh, a witch story, why wouldn't you go to I Defeated the Witches? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, just, they're in my wife's Bible study, and they're also here, but as long as they don't move during this sermon, I'll let it slide. And next week, I'm covering this stage in brooms. Literal quote. Yeah. And imagine being the person who has probably an MDiv degree, probably from Liberty, whose role as associate pastor is to go to the Home Depot nearest Mount Juliet, Tennessee, and buy a bunch of brooms to scatter yep, upon the stage for Pastor Greg's witch trap. I'm telling you, it's Freddie the janitor, bro. It's not the associate pastor. It's Freddie the janitor. He chain smokes, and he has an office down on the, on the basement floor, and he has to break out the brooms. Yeah, yeah That actually right. makes me feel better. Here's the thing. Freddie doesn't care. No. He's just like, oh, well, I'm, I guess I got to move these brooms over here. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie's going to get in his 1998 Ford Ranger XLT. Yeah, he is. You know, drive <laughs> on down to the Lowe's because the guy at Home Depot was real snooty with him that one time. Like, he didn't know what drill bit he needed, and he's going to buy 40 brooms. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's got, he, he's got his headphones on. He's listening to Boondocks by Garth Brooks, and he's putting those brooms <laughs> up on the stage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Just whistling, I've got friends in low places as he <laughs> scatters the brooms around, but is very careful not to not to throw them down because Pastor Greg insists that he goes and returns them don't, all on Monday. Don't cross the streams, Matt. <laughs> I mean, like if you're if, if if you're around somebody and they just start barking like a dog for no reason, that's <laughs> you, you know, if someone just in the middle of a conversation says. I see witches. There are witches here. That's a moment to say, let's give you some help, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Well, Glenn, I think it would be, it would be a good point, but here's, uh, I think the, the subhead to this religious news service, religiousnews.com article, uh, really shows how we got here. Uh, controversial Tennessee preacher Greg Locke has turned from claims of election fraud to conversations with demons. Oh, we got a real frog wow. in a pot, kind of. If you only have the people left who are willing to go with uh, secret voter fraud because the My Pillow guy said so, um, and they're going to buy witches. Yeah. Also yeah. on that, uh, again, as mentioned in a previous episode, uh, 
Locke, who recently held a book burning of Harry Potter novels and other satanic works, also said troublemakers in the church had brought the witches to Global Vision to lure church members into adultery. Uh, mm. Okay. Huh. Why? Now, Pastor, you're bringing up there being witches here. And as part of that, you said what they're doing in the church is luring people into adultery. Those are two interesting things to come up at the same time. They There's witches are. and brooms and Harry Potter. Also, they make people cheat on their wives. It's crazy. It's the witches <laughs> that do that. Anyway. Look, there, there's a... There's a lot going on. I'm sorry. There's a lot going on at your local strip club, but that's not witchcraft. <laughs> I mean, it, it's tempting, uh, but it's that's not a like a. It ain't witchcraft, dude. What What I'd love to hear is I'd love to hear somebody that can do a really good kind of like pitch for pitch, uh, you know, impression of Greg Locke, and kind of overdub the audio, and just every time he says witches. Replace it with the word gremlins and just see how it comes out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly my point right there. Yeah. I would also like to see a sequel to the movie Gremlins and the arguably superior Gremlins 2, where they're all running wild in a Nashville area megachurch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to be clear. Like every kind of content distributor, they think they got their one killer intellectual property that'll draw, you know, customers and subscribers. If Pure Flix had Gremlins 4 Mega Gremlins and it's in a mega church, I would sign up for Pure Flix just so I could watch that. <laughs> yeah. Mean, he looks cute, but if you feed him after midnight, he turns into a green scaly thing that makes you cheat on your wife. <laughs> let it happen. <laughs> we did it. That's it right there. If, if you feed them the communion wafer or you spill any of the the wine on them, then yeah, that's they yeah, that's how they go crazy. Oh gosh. Yeah, there's just a grab bag situation going on here. There's an, uh, one last quote from this. In recent weeks, Locke's sermons have turned from politics and COVID-19 to warnings about witchcraft and Freemasons. Sure. <laughs> like, I thought the wow. Harry Potter thing was a f throwback, because, like, you're really reaching if you're going for Harry Potter's of the devil, because, like, at this point, there's been more mainline churches give sermons that showed a Harry Potter movie clip as, like, an example of friendship or stick to or whatever. Yeah. Then uh, we, we really move past the Harry Potter's of the devil thing. Once the movie makes a billion dollars... It's not evil anymore. That's that's how America works. Right. Um, but I love Freemasons. That's like, are we going back to the 18th century on these? <laughs> Who's scared of the Freemasons in 2022? Well, I, uh, yeah, it, it seems like this guy just lacks focus, you know, like uh, you got to pick something and really explore it, you know, is, is it, is he just workshopping these ideas? Is it like a focus group kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's kind of like testing material out before you go on the road. He's got the notebook. It's kind of like 90s alternative comedy. He's, you know, he's just trying some ideas he came up with at the coffee shop. What if he just has like a, like a beef with Nicolas Cage? <laughs> just like anything Nick Cage did a movie about, he's I gotta just go like, after it. I got <laughs> gotta pursue that thing. They, the, the demons told me there's a wicker man in this church and he's going to try to bring us all down with bees. <laughs> well, going along with that, I really want to know. So if the gremlins are the reason why it's not his fault, he cheated on his wife. What are the Freemasons the excuse for? Like, what did you do where thematically that's your cover? D Listen, guys, DUIs one through three. Those were on me. Four through seven, that was Freemasons. Yeah. They're there very it tricky. There it is. Yeah. Also, yeah. I love the, uh, the, the, cause I'm, cause he's, you know, he's a stop the steal weirdo and all that stuff. So I'm sure that this is a guy who has, uh, talked glowingly about the founding fathers and how Christian they were. Yeah. Right. Who's going to tell him? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't really hate Freemasons and think that Thomas Jefferson was great. Yeah. Because that's just not going to fly. Yeah, you're in for a bitter disappointment, my man. So let's move on here, because I think Glenn's point about are we just doing a grab bag kind of freeform uh, scare word jazz brings us uh, tidily to our next story, and that is 
about a bus. This is a, a woman who is running in the Georgia gubernatorial GOP primary. Oh, my. Um, so she's trying to get some attention here because there's a, there's a, the Republican, current Republican governor of Georgia is probably going to run again. A lot of the kind of um, people who are with uh, Trump and being mad that this guy didn't do enough to reverse a Democratic election are backing someone uh, named David Perdue. So this woman, she's trying to get a little bit of a, a little bit of buzz. She's trying to get her name out there, and obviously for branding purposes, you have to you have to be short, you have to be punchy, you have to let the people know what you're about, and that's where you get a giant bus that on the side of it just says Jesus, guns, babies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I just want to lead this off by saying there is no evidence whatsoever that Jesus ever gunned a baby. So <laughs> oh my God. that is wrong. Okay. <laughs> I am against that. Yes. Grammar is very important. Critically. It is as a, as a bulleted list. Yeah. I assume the they tried points. to put those wor- words in order and someone was like, eh, I'm not sure this reads well. Well, you know what I love is that if they had made it Jesus babies guns, it's not her campaign platform. It's just it's worth noting that Jesus takes very good care of his firearms. He really he oils them regularly, stores <laughs> them very well. Right. He really babies them, and which is right. responsible ownership. We should oh, all feel right. that way. Somewhere on the the darkest corners of the internet, there's a like Matt drawing of Jesus, like very carefully uh, taking apart a Glock. Yes, <laughs> and just cleaning all of it, and then doing that weird like. 80s action movie thing where he puts it back together blindfolded. <laughs> Which really isn't that much of an impediment because he's Jesus, but you know. <laughs> and yeah, then cures the blindness. It. Well, there's the, the first uh, reply on the Twitter thread is a painting of Jesus holding a, a, a machine gun, and the quote is, when the babies attack, I'll be ready. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that's uh, that's just <laughs> weird, man. That's, I mean, I I I get that we've just devolved so far down that you could just say Jesus guns babies, and that's <laughs> like, I mean, it's you know, I I mean, we we all I think uh, would like a more nuanced political approach to basically everything in life because life is complicated. But uh, this is kind of going the opposite way. Oh, we'll make it simple. Yeah. Now there, there, I think there are ways that Glenn is absolutely right. We may all want more, more nuance and in, in political discourse. There are definitely some ways in which I would, I would prefer things be, be simplified um, as opposed to someone saying like, well, I think well, offsetting tax credits to, uh, incentivize economic uh, stability and reduce. I'd like someone to say like, I think we should give people healthcare or, you know, such things like this. But, uh, Jesus guns babies is a little too honest. Yeah. yeah. Like I just picture whatever weirdo, uh, consulting company they hired. And there's three guys in suits who went to like Georgetown law and Harvard are just, just on a big whiteboard that's labeled words. The rubes like, Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, whoever Curtin. came up with that campaign definitely does not think highly of the people of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an alternate view with like football beer dogs. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Racism, exactly. racism, racism. Oh, wait. That one. Too honest. That was the one. Well, I really appreciate though the the lie that is inherent in this, right? Because um, the the following is not in any way a value judgment. It is simply it is technically true. A baby is a human who has been born, whereas a, a fetus is an unborn child. That that's how those terms are defined. And I think we are all aware that this lady means fetuses because nothing about her politics in any way supports babies post-birth in any way, shape, or form, even no. a little bit. So I like that we literally couldn't get to word two before the lying began. Could 
Could we also just have the the true qualifier, which is that the color of the van in which these words are emblazoned would be an appropriate qualifier over which babies she actually supports? I have no idea what you might mean. Well, Leo, is this thing the same thing? Because I think it would be a proper qualifier for all three of them. White Jesus, white guns, white babies. Yeah. 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 Well, also... If you're a politician, you're thinking of running for political office, there is no political movement that involves Jesus being outlawed. Uh, guns are legal in the United States. And as Jed points out, nobody's actually trying to kill babies. <laughs> like, that's definitely like, legal everywhere. I mean, that's... you you. There's no political battle for, you know, newborns being outlawed or something <laughs> or, or snatched in the night or I don't know what. But uh, that's just kind of a weird political stance to take, given there's no political anything also, on any of those. If you're hanging this whole thing on Jesus, right to the left of this on the bus, <laughs> emblazoned upon the bus is the phrase. I'm the one you've been waiting for. <laughs> With mean, like, one in all caps and red letters. <laughs> Again, we just pulled things that we knew were kind of culturally evangelical. Like, you got to put the important word in red. They like that. This is just like a, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. It's Matt. evangelical stew. Well, this this is. It's a Mad Libs. You yes. Know, this is like. It's the it's the it's the thing you got at the Scholastic Book Fair or your parents bought you at the Cracker Barrel gift shop to keep you quiet in the backseat of the car on the on the long road trip. Insert adjective here. Insert, you know, appropriate political comment here. It's it literally I mean, it's just throwing spaghetti against the wall for the lowest common denominator of what we think people care about. And as you guys are pointing out, none of these things are under attack. Yeah. Yeah, none uh, of these things are in danger of being canceled. Watch Fox News between seven p.m. and ten p.m. Otherwise, you'd know that all of these things are under attack all constantly from pretty much everyone. <laughs> well, I want to outlaw the white babies and make you give back your guns and make you be an atheist Muslim. Be both at the same time, please. <laughs> um, these kind of things, and uh, this this links us neatly. To our final bit of nonsense here, uh, particularly on the overlap of Jesus and guns. We don't think there's any babies involved in this one, but who knows? Uh, this is a Facebook marketplace uh, posting for Liberty Home Concealment Artwork. Oh, gosh. Cross. So what it is, is a big metal cabinet. It's kind of the shape of a cross, one, you know, one cabinet vertically, and then two small ones on each side horizontally. And uh, the center holds what appears to be a shotgun or other long rifle. And there's room for two for a handgun and extra magazine in each of the side compartments. What a way to remember the Prince of Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Here's the thing, dear listener, and I'll let these these guys go to town on this. But I, I would like to introduce you to a a concept that we talk about in, uh, privately that I'm not sure we've brought up on the show before, and that is the idea of being irony proof. That is when yeah. someone is so kind of high on their own supply that they say a thing or do a thing and don't realize in any way, shape, or form how that plays or what that might represent. And to sum up American evangelical Christianity in Matt, just key irony proof ways, a cross that is hiding a bunch of guns. This is my faith in the Prince of peace, the lamb who was slain all the, the, the swords will be beaten into plowshares. But also, I got a sawed-off in this piece just trying. <laughs> I spent $2,000 on fear because I live in the, the suburbs, but I heard there's crime somewhere. 
So I bought a bunch of guns and I put them in the cross. Yikes. I was supposed to start off with a joke, but that just got angry and sad because that's where we are. No, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Uh, I remember when I was young, uh, a very uh, legalistically minded uh, lady in our church was a little upset because we sang the old gospel song, The Old Rugged Cross. Uh, and it, because there's a line in that in that old song about you know I, I will cling to the old rugged cross, and she thought that was idolatry, that you you cling to Jesus, not the symbol that represents him. So we've gone from that to I am turning my the cross hanging on the wall into a place where I hide my guns. That's a that's a long ways to go in a funny direction. Yeah. Here's the thought experiment I'd like us all to do. <clears throat> I'd like you to imagine the response if someone made a cross liquor cabinet. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Right. Yeah. You know, you had you kept you know your couple a couple of nice bottles in the center one. You know your tumblers and whatnot in the outside, and be like, "Oh, it's cool." Yeah. Jesus actually drank wine. Yeah. He never handled a gun, so ours is closer. We, you know, I was at a, a um, sporting goods store a, a little while back, and um, I overheard a conversation that was taking place on the uh, at the counter, like the gun counter where they keep the guns. And the guy was describing a gun that he owned. That it's it basically, it, you know, the, the basic description of it is a shotgun, but it fired many, many <clears throat> um, shotgun shells in a row. And he's describing this with just glee in his voice. And the guy behind the counter, the guy selling the gun says, what do you use that for? And the guy literally just blanked. And then yeah. blanked some more, and then he said, yeah. zombies, I guess? Wow. So it's, I think there just ought to be more people saying, what's this actually for? <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is trending to a dark place, and I don't know if we're ready to get sad. For okay. A second. I'm always ready to but, get sad. Ready um, to get sad is my third favorite Mountain Goats record. <laughs> Uh, 2021 in the United States, 20,726 gun deaths, excluding suicides. 693 is the number of mass shootings incidents in the United States in 2021. Two thirds of major American cities that had more homicides this year than previous years. 18.8 million, the estimated number of guns sold in 2021. And the fact that this is in any way linked to Jesus Christ is the most unbelievable um, betrayal of everything that Jesus stood for and that we believe. I mean, I know that we are like going on an emergency rant here, and we've tried to keep it lighthearted, but this this is an absolute betrayal of everything that is represented or that is supposed to be about our faith in every conceivable way. Yeah, absolutely. And it is to go back to the bus thing. Um, here's the thing. If you don't have guns, that's whatever. Um, uh, all of us on this show, I, I know, and I'm related to many uh, responsible gun owners. Uh, you know, at least this weirdo has a gun safe. That's something that's cool to Glenn's point over here to that conversation about what do you use them for? Here's the thing. I'm I'm a male. I'm from the South. Guns are neat. They make a big noise. They can blow a hole in something. You can, um, I may say this from personal experience uh, with some with some friends on a farm. If you point it at a watermelon at about 200 yards, you can make that watermelon explode into nothingness. <laughs> and that's entirely cool. But in the same way, we've, I, we've previously talked about, you know, some financial stuff on this show with the idea of, hey, if you don't have to have a savings account, that's between you and God. That's cool. Um, I have one. It's great. Um, But when you try to say that you having your savings account and other people not is really what makes you Christian, that's insane because the Bible literally says, do not store. So you've taken something that's the opposite of what what Jesus teaches, 
not what the Jesus teaches, that is mostly about bowling, but what actual <laughs> Jesus from the Bible teaches. And you've done the opposite of that and said, but since I'm doing it and I'm a white guy who goes to church, probably pretty Christian. So that's actual blasphemy and idolatry. In the same way, you know, your faith and your belief that, you know, God will protect you and your belief that, you know, to turn the other cheek and all these other things Jesus talks about, you know, literally says, don't take a sword with you, admonishes Peter, you know, those who live by the sword will die by the sword, these kind of things. And he said, well, that's interesting, but I made my gun cabinet into the, case, into the shape of a cross, so pretty good. <laughs> I also have a thing in my, uh, in my wall where if once I roll away the stone, there's a cache of grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> a resurrection explosion. My Easter setup is intense. Later on, we ascend in my own personal attack helicopter. We have the full experience. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're going to close out on that. But uh, so that was a lot of crazy. We hope you enjoyed uh, Oops All Emergencies Volume 1. Please do. Write in and let us know if you'd like to do us to do some more breaks in this format, or let us know if you hated it. That's fine. Um, one of the funny things about doing the show for a long time is I have had exactly equal numbers of people tell me I listen to the emergency every week and don't always make it to the other stuff, and I always skip the emergency and go to the first question. <laughs> and we yeah. we celebrate your ability to do both of those time codes and all that. We think it's great on demand media. Absolutely. If you have that feedback for us or a question, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com slash ask. We're to keep that entirely anonymous. Take out with a song this week. Ah, Glenn mentioned an old hymn, The Old Rugged Cross, and Jed recorded a great version of that for the Water Tower podcast Yes, sir. some years ago. So uh, we're uh, in keeping with the theme of this episode. We're going to take you out with something that apparently made a legalistic church lady mad some years ago. <laughs> and that's as good a reason to any to go out with that. So take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast reminding you that if someone near you says, I see witches, it's time to call for some help. <laughs> On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I will cherish the Till my trophies at last I lay down And I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God Left his glory above To bear it to dark Calvary so I will cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down And I will cling to the Four.
stained with blood so divine a wondrous beauty I see for twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so I will cherish all rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down and I will cling to you 